Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of the Mind After Midnight Podcast. I am your host, Chris Mensa. Chris Mendez, and I am also joined by my co-host, E. Sandy. So, yeah, um, sorry we took a break. Things have been busy, and, of course, you know, with holidays and everything, spending time with family, you almost, it's days off, but you never have days off. So, because of that, with that in the case, Sandy, how was your, how was your Christmas? How was everything? It was good. It was calm, like too calm in my opinion, because usually it'll be like we'll spend Christmas at a ride, like my aunt's house or maybe my uncle's house. Um, or even if we spend it here, we'll probably have like family over and stuff like that. But my sister and my mom went to DR for Christmas to spend it with my grandmother. And so it's just it was just me and my dad and my girlfriend and me and my girlfriend just like spent the whole like like three days just watching movies mm-hmm. and it was just like eerily quiet than what you used part. to yes my dad went to my to his brother's house and i decided not to go because i kind of like the quiet because usually with spanish house codes is like the 24th you get lit and it's mad loud and then you're like hung over the 25th and it's a quiet day but i actually like having like 24th 25th and 26th just like chilling Staying at home and doing nothing. Like, those three days. It was a nice, like, three-day weekend for me. And it was just, like, staying home, being calm, and I just did nothing for my whole week. Yeah, and I know you've been busy with work, always moving, so you don't really get time like that to just stay home and do nothing. Yeah, to stay home and basically just watch movies. Not my favorite movies I watched, because my girlfriend likes horror movies, and I don't really... Oh, you guys didn't watch Christmas movies? We watched like two. We watched Jack Frost, Jack Frost, Elf. We watched a couple. But then after that, I feel like there's only so many Christmas movies you could watch You could watch in a row before you get bored. Of the yeah, Christmas you get tired thing. of it. Yeah. So we watched like some classic movies that I like, like Goodfellas and like, what was the other one that I picked? And The Wolf of Wall Street. I really like that movie. I was showing her like my favorite movies. And then it was time for her to show me her favorite movies, and they were like The Conjuring and stuff like that. And I like I like the movies; they weren't bad. Do you like horror or not really? But I don't like horror too much. Mm-hmm. It's not my favorite um, genre of of um, of movies. Mm-hmm. The only thing that that was nice was that the main cat, one of the main characters from The Conjuring, as soon as I saw him on screen, I was like, "Oh, he's about to get work done." His name was Ed. I I nicknamed him Daddy Ed because. He just stepped up and took, took the, took over, and it was, when I saw Daddy Ed, you don't have to be scared no more. Like it's over, <laughs> it's over. Um, but that's pretty much all I did, other than being mad at TikTok videos this week. I was very very mad. Why? Because I'm just like scrolling through a TikTok. lot of Mariah Carey. No, actually, no Mariah Carey. I don't think I listened to a single Mariah Carey song this week. Surprisingly, I think I evaded all of them. You know what I didn't evade was No Way Home spoilers. Uh, yeah, you gotta stay off. That's yeah, why. You know, that was what I did, cause um, I didn't see it till Monday, and it came out Thursday night. I think Thursday night, yeah. Yeah, so I literally made sure from that until then. I was like, especially TikTok, cause they just record shit like nothing, and when it trends, that's all you're gonna see in your feed. So but it was wasn't like, just TikTok; it was TikTok and Instagram. No, yeah, but it's like okay, I'm like Instagram. I'm only gonna be in the DMs. Um, and TikTok, I wasn't, I'm, I'm not touching TikTok only it's videos y'all send me at the very most, but I was like, I'm not going on the feed. None of that Facebook, none of that. So I made sure to stay off as much as I can. I could do that if it's like, 
Thursday midnight release, and then I watch it like Sunday or Monday. But I probably won't even watch it for like a week or two. Mm-hmm. Still, so I probably will watch it like early to mid January, right? And that's when I'm planning to go. So it's like, am I really gonna stay off TikTok for almost a whole month and yeah. Instagram? It's like, no, I'm not. There was a couple videos where they give spoiler warnings, so I just scroll past. But there was a couple where like I'm yeah, seeing yeah, they a, just posted. They yeah, I was seeing like a Spider Man three scene and then they compared it to like no way home and i saw it and i was like ah yeah they ruined it for you that yeah, sucks it was just like leaked that like you know toby and andrew were gonna be in it but it wasn't confirmed 100 percent in my mind yet yeah it was one of those things where like it's a leak but maybe in my head i was like it's a leak but i know andrew garfield people saw him at the set and stuff like that so i was like that's pretty much confirmed but nobody saw toby and it was just like Nobody, it was like, in my head, I'm like, oh, maybe it's just Andrew. You know, it's not 100% confirmed. There was still that shadow of, like, doubt in my mind. The talk was there, but you still haven't seen anything that made it solid. So nothing was still really, nothing was proven to you. Yeah, nothing was, like, 100% confirmed. If anything, it was, like, 60-40. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. leaning towards it. There's, like, they have good evidence, but if anything, maybe Marvel's just playing games with us or whatever. So I wanted to confirm in theater, like, the experience and, and enjoy it, but like some people just didn't put spoiler warnings and it's just yeah, up. you know, some people don't care. And I saw three of them running towards the building and then they spoiled. Oh, I'm not even gonna say because I don't want to spoil it for other people, but they spoiled like some major plot points. Yeah, it's people. unfortunate because it's like that's a really big moment that you know people have been waiting for, yeah, for a very, very long time like years. And then because it's hype and it's trending, people just blow it up. Without. Yeah, exactly. It yeah, was so annoying. So it sucks for you because like that's a really special moment. Yeah. I respect to all the people on TikTok who were like spoiler warning for No Way Home or like they were talking about even if they just said like so this happened in No like I would just scroll. Mm-hmm. But some people didn't say nothing. They just put clips of the movie. And I was like so tight at that because I was like I really, really wanted to see this movie. And what was funny was like two days before the spoiler happened, my sister's boyfriend was like because he's here too and my sister's not here. So he was like, hey, maybe we should go watch, go watch No Way Home. And I was like, yeah, I'm kind of waiting. I want the theaters to be more empty and stuff like that. I should have went. I should have went. No, yeah. Then I honestly, I would say whether um, whoever you can or by yourself. I don't know if you go to theaters by yourself. Not all, No, I don't think I ever have. But I would just say try and go now as soon as possible because the more you're going to see it on social media, the more you're going to see it out of context and the more you're just going to dig a deeper hole for yourself and ruin it more. Yeah. So it's like try and see it ASAP so that it doesn't get more ruined for you and you don't feel more worse about it. You and, know. And there was like dumb videos like No Way Home spoilers without context, which I didn't watch. I only watched the first thing and it, I forgot what it was, but it's just like it's still dumb because if I watch that video and I remember without context what it was, then when I watch the movies, it's going to get spoiled like moments before it happens. No, so it's yeah, because you have the first thing in your mind, which is the TikTok thing of it instead of the actual movie. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, I for my week, Chris Christmas was good as well. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't get a lot of gifts, which I didn't want anyway. But you know how it is with you know when you get older, you get I you don't get shit you want, you get shit you need. I got like four, four or five gifts, but just for my girl. Me and my dad did not exchange gifts this year, mm-hmm. which no. I'm fine with because. I don't think we ever really do. Me and my dad exchange gifts. Usually, my mom would just get me like some socks and some undies or like a sweater or something, and I'll get her something simple too. And then sometimes I don't even do that. But me and my family are not big on gift giving for 
Christmas. It's usually either something really small or we just don't bother with it, which I kind of like. But my girl's really big into it, so I got her some gifts and she got me some gifts. No, for me, I've always been used to not giving gifts. I was yeah. planning on giving stuff this Christmas, but since um I'm planning on, you know, trying to move out soon and whatnot, I'm trying to save as much money as I can. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't able to get stuff. So I just told everybody that in advance, which is like, don't be on, not, not to, um, I'm not even going to lie or nothing. I usually, I don't give gifts. Me neither. At Christmas. Like I just don't, Me I just neither. never did that. So I was like, oh, well, I want to, you know, I want to actually, I was planning on actually trying, but because of that, I was like, yeah, I can't so everybody know. But I didn't get a lot, which is fine. To be honest, I'm at the age where like, I don't really want nothing like, I don't really ask for nothing anyway, to be honest. But I just got some stuff that I needed and whatnot. And that was it. I actually got um my 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 brother in law's mom got me a nice Nike hoodie, which she didn't have to. Mm-hmm. So I was happy about that because it's a really nice, comfortable hoodie and whatnot. I told the same thing to my girl beforehand. I was like, you know, maybe we should just do like a hundred dollar limit. You're not getting that much hours at work, neither am I. Yeah, yeah. To, I want to go to DR. So we agreed on it, right? Mm-hmm. Like a couple days later. I see that she got a confirmation from a store that I know is expensive. And I know she went over the limit. So I had to go over the limit too. Oh. She went, but the gifts that she got me, I feel like every time this happens always with couples, the girl always puts more effort and wastes more money than the guy. And that's exactly what happened this time too. Not always, but I get why you say that. I think so. I think a lot of, for the majority, I think. Mm -hmm. Because girls just put more thought into it, I think. Because to be honest, it depends though for each person because. I don't like giving gifts. That could be like your girl's love language. Maybe. And that couldn't be yours. You know what I mean? But it was good that you guys decided like, because like with me. If yeah, I, we decided, but she broke broke it right away. No, I'm saying it's good at first you decided like, oh, let's do whatever money limit, mm-hmm. blah, blah. I don't know if you like that she broke it or not. That's something between y'all to discuss. It but, didn't really bother me. Ooh, it didn't really bother me too much because mm-hmm. it's like in my head. She didn't seem like she wanted to agree to it in the first place, but she did agree to it. So I knew it was kind of like expected. So I wasn't really mad about it. No, yeah. But um, last night I saw, I think, the movie Encanto, I think it just came out yesterday. I don't remember. I think so. Where'd you watch it? Disney Plus? Yeah. So I watched it last night and um, it was really interesting because basically... I'm not going to spoil it all for you, but also it's a Pixar movie, so I don't know if you really care or not. I personally don't care, but let's just give a spoiler yeah, warning if you really for, want to watch the movie. No, I'm not going to say nothing in depth, but basically, um, I wanted to go in depth with this, which I told you before we started recording. Mm-hmm. This gave me the idea today. Um, with Encanto, it's a, it takes place in Colombia, and it's about a, a Colombian family and, you know, the hardships and blah, blah, they go through. Mm-hmm. And I thought since they kind of address like toxic Latina households and problems that um, younger generations face with their predecessors, grandmas, etc., we could relate to that because you and me have both grew up in Latina households, both being Dominican and have experienced some form of negativity and pressure and whatnot. Because the the main the main message, you know, how every Pixar has like a, a takeaway message at the end. Yeah. The main takeaway message at the end of, of Encanto is that you you're not um you're more than what your worth is and what you're capable of and what you provide. Mm-hmm. 
because throughout the film, basically, the the story is these people live in this magical household, and the magic gave each of family members different um, powers that they used to help people. Mm-hmm. And so um, throughout the story, you've seen that, well, yes, those people are helping people and helping their community and whatnot because they have these gifts and the duties and responsibilities they're given. They're supposed to like sh- not show that any weakness or emotions and want to just get the job done. So um, they're like trying to keep a strong face when in the inside they feel pressured and crushed and whatnot. But because, oh, I have this responsibility, I have to do this and that, they're not, I can't show, I can't show emotion or feel guilt or sad because it now make me look weak. Okay. So it's about fixing that toxicity. And I know um, I can relate to it in my household, and I know there's others. I'm sure you can relate to it in some way. But just to start yeah. off and get the ball rolling, I know that especially um, especially when a, a, a Spanish household has, you know, multiple siblings, a lot of times whoever's the oldest is usually the one that's placed the most pressure on and given the biggest burden and has the most responsibilities to do stuff. And a lot of times a lot of older siblings don't get to like have enjoy their time as being a kid because their parents put so much pressure on them that they're forced to grow up in a quick way. Yeah, that's true. I think so. I think sometimes too, where like the older sibling, especially in Spanish households are expected to like take care of the younger sibling. And in some ways be like their parent. Cause they're for, for a while too. My sister's like six, seven years older than me. There was, like, times when I was, like, in high school, mm-hmm. and she was, like, starting college. I was, like, I just started high school. She was starting college. And all the stuff that I probably should have been doing with my mom and dad, I was doing with her. So I was, like, going to the movie theaters, first, like, going to Times Square, doing, like, touristy things. Like, stuff that you typically should be doing with your parents, I was doing with my sister. Like, she would take me out and stuff like that. Like, movie nights. Marvel movies and stuff like that. Stuff that, like, a typical 12, 13-year-old, maybe in different households, does with their parents, I was doing with my sister. So I viewed her in, like, a light of, like... Like a, like a, a parent figure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And she would, like, take me shopping. I wouldn't go shopping with my mom anymore. And she wouldn't just take me shopping. She would, like, pay for it. She had a little part-time job. She was making barely any money, but she would buy me, like... She would buy me clothes. She would buy me hoodies, pants, and all this other stuff. She'd take me out for ice cream. All this other shit. So I definitely know that there was like a lot of pressure on her in the way that I viewed her and stuff like that. And I'm very grateful too that she like took my hand and did all these other things. Cause like there's a lot of siblings that would like give pushback and wouldn't like exactly do that, you know? Mm-hmm. So in some aspects, yes. But I, I think the other, the other side to that coin is like my sister went to school, but she only went to school for two years college she only got her associates and my parents really wanted her to do her four years so when she finished school i was finishing high school so all that pressure of them wanting somebody who went to school for four years fell onto you kind of fell onto me so anything that the older sibling might not accomplish in their time they kind of push onto the younger sibling so younger siblings have burdens too where it's like they really didn't get on top of her for doing that two-year degree as soon as i started college Mm-hmm. So at one point they were just viewing it like, yeah, you should have finished your four years, but at least you did too. But then they were telling me, you got to go to college. You got to do four years. Yeah. 
and then it just feels like a ton of pressure. And it's why like it took it's taken me so long to graduate. I'm this is like my four and a half, almost fifth year at Berkeley because a lot of the semesters I didn't do good. And I don't want to put that on my parents too. There's been like pressure from like having to do multiple jobs and all this other stuff. But like I think definitely part of it is like the pressure of them wanting me to finish so bad and go to school so bad and be just like kind of being over it and not wanting to do it as much as no, yeah. when I first started. Um, I I had a similar experience because with my sister, she um, she she dropped out of high school, mm-hmm. and then um, for a bit it, she did she was busy with other stuff, and then she didn't go back for a bit until but then she got her GED, and so um, because since she was older, my mom was like expecting her to go to you know after high you know you think you had oh they're just gonna finish high school go to college regular right, stuff and that mm-hmm. didn't happen. And um, I know with my mom specifically, one of her one of her biggest regrets is not finishing college, okay. because she did like two or three years and then she stopped because she had me, um, my sis, and then me, so she was too busy and wasn't able to finish. So I know that like part of her wanted us to f- to go to school and finish it because she couldn't, and she kind of like imbued her will onto us in that way, mm-hmm. but because my sister decided not to go to college she that all like how the pressure came on to you that came on to me to go to school so i remember how um when i decided to drop out she was really upset because not only was it um i know some a part of her which it sounds sad but that's because it is and it's the truth and a lot of people need to hear it i know part of her felt some kind of shame because now she has to go around and be the mom with two kids who didn't who don't have a degree and don't have that paper but um i was explaining when we were going back and forth and that and this this relates to last week's episode because we talked about college i was explaining to her that you know i understand that this is something that you wanted but you can't imbue your desires onto me i get it you want me to i understand you're coming from good intentions with it and you want me to have a degree you know to get a good job and have a better life which is totally understandable, but I was explaining to her, I don't necessarily need a degree to be successful and, you know, be well for myself. There's other ways. It'll take a bit, but I will get there. Sorry. Yeah. And it will take time. And so, and Kanto has that similar thing where it's like they're putting pressure on their, the younger um, generation of, uh, next generation of family to like, you have to be great or if not then you're not um then you're not valuable to this family and if you don't um if you don't do your responsibilities and don't show out or stand out then you you ain't shit basically basically it's yeah. what it feels like so they there, might not say it directly no like yeah but face. that's what's implied and there is that aspect and um it's kind of like and Kanto shows it and there's kind of like this general, this generation trauma that moves from one person to the other because of past experiences where like um, your grandma has w- went through some stuff that some, you know, terrible trauma stuff while experiencing war, battle, or just having to run away and escape. And because of that, she's stuck in minds, that mindset that has a different idea of what needs to be done and what has to happen where 
the next generation ha didn't grow up in that time and is now in a better time, but they're still implying those same methods and ways onto them when it's like, that's not really how it is now and that's not really going to work. Mm -hmm. Because the, the grandma in Encanto, literally the beginning of the story, they tell you she was... um. She was living in a, uh, a village or whatever with um, her husband and they had kids. And then those people came to attack the area and her and her husband had to escape. Okay. So it's that similar um, trauma of there's a lot of Hispanic families that, you know, live in areas with harsh dictators and harsh lands and being attacked and slaughtered. They escaped and took risks, you know, coming to here in America or somewhere else to live a better life. And... um because she's stuck in that mindset and didn't have time for other things. It was always, oh, you know, people have died for me to get here. I'm, you know, people have died for me to get here. I can't let that, you know, go to waste. So I'm going to work hard, bust my ass and make sure we get this, this and this. And I'm going to put that hardship onto my kids and their grandkids and et cetera. But I feel that the problem is that a lot of times because of that trauma and anger and whatnot they endured. And because back then you're not really taught where to put it or you're taught like, oh, that, that, that doesn't exist. It's just work hard, do your thing. And that's it. That, and that anger and um, very strong emotions and sadness you end up putting on your kids, whether through it's physical abuse, um, verbal abuse, in many other different ways because you start to view them as your outlet. But because of that, you're placing that trauma on them when they had nothing to do with it. And that creates a negative effect because now you're putting on this pressure on them to act a certain way or else they're not valuable to you, which in a way is negative because times have changed and they are doing things their own pace. Yeah. And do, do you think it is also because it's a different type of pressure that our parents don't necessarily understand because I know our parents definitely faced a lot of hardships, like having us young. I know my mom had my sister when she was like 19 and me when she was like 25 or 26 and stuff like that. So they definitely had hardships with like having kids young and doing other stuff, all this other stuff. And like me, I'm 21, almost 22. And it's like I haven't had a kid yet. So I'm not going through the same hardships that maybe the, my mother had because at 21, 22, she had a three, four year old, three or three slash four year old. So it's like we're not going through the same hardships, so she doesn't understand. She, they view it as like you just have to go to college. That's easy, but it's not because it's like your parents didn't put pressure. I know my grandmother didn't put pressure on my mom to go to school because neither her nor nor any of her siblings even finished high school. Mm -hmm. So they weren't really put pressure on going to school, but they were more put pressure on like. Sorry, having on. kids and like getting a husband and and the the men were like putting were put pressure to like either come here to America for a better life like one of my uncles did or to just you know work hard at the farm or whatever because they used to have like a little farm yeah but that's a different type of pressure from like the pressure that me and my sister had faced because it's like we go to college we go to school we're taking these hard ass courses you're doing 20 30 page papers that take forever and you also have part-time work that you got to deal with. You got to pay rent. And it's a different type of pressure, but it's definitely a pressure that's there when you're going to school and then you're in like in your junior year. Sorry. And you realize this isn't exactly what I want to do. Maybe three years ago when I was 18 and making a choice that 
my brain wasn't fully developed to make. Um, I thought this was well, this was what I wanted to do, but once you learn more about it, you don't want to do it. So it's like, damn, I'm in debt. I'm three years in, but I don't want to do this. But I have all the pressure from my parents and even grandparents too. When they see that, they're like, you should go to school. I'm. I got all this pressure now. You feel forced or obligated to do. Because yeah. in, in my opinion, it's like anybody could work a shitty part-time job or even full-time job, but not everybody can go to school knowing that they're throwing the money away and going in debt and having to pay that money back. Like, it's a different type of pressure to go to school. And people don't really talk about it that often. People just be like, you know, pick an easy major or go to school. And even if you hate the job, you know, you're still going to make bands. So you'll be happy at the end of the day. Who cares if you're, you know... You don't want that nine to five. After five, you're good. Like, it doesn't matter. People make it seem this way. And it's like, no, like, if I don't want to do this, I'm not going to do this. And I'm not going to waste any more time than I should. Even if it's a month or a week, I'm, I might be a semester away or sem- or two semesters away from graduation. And I could just get the paper to have it, right? But if I don't want to waste that time, then I don't want to waste that time. That time could be put to better use. I could use that time to start making my podcast. I could use that time to start making that YouTube channel and it was what I always wanted to make or to start making paintings or do anything that you want to do, mm-hmm. which is why I love trade schools because, in my opinion, the pressure of college kind of goes away with trade schools because a lot of trade schools have, like, scholarship programs nowadays and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and they're short. The The reason why trade schools are so good is, like, the longest ones are, like, two years, but you can go to a trade school for, like, six to eight months if you want to be, like, an electrician. It's, I think, believe it's, like, six months to a year and stuff like that. In my opinion, if you're only wasting six months to a year on a career you might not like, then that's not that big of a loss. If you're wasting four years and hundreds of thousands of dollars on a career you don't want, that's a huge loss. Mm -hmm. So it's like people don't see the pressure. And I know it wasn't an option for me, so it probably wasn't an option for you to take a year off to think about it Yeah. after high school. Like that wasn't an option for me. So it's not like I could thought about it because I feel like if I had a whole year to think about it, Maybe I would have went back to school, but in my head, most likely, if I had just got a, a part-time job or a full-time job, I probably wouldn't have. And yeah, I would have still made dumb mistakes, like not save up money or not save up enough money or bought a car when I shouldn't have. I probably would have made all those mistakes, but at least I wouldn't be having the pressure of school or in your case, the debt from school and all that other stuff. So I feel like that pressure, when it comes down to it, they just don't understand it because they didn't go through it. No, yeah, um, not to sound like a broken record, but you have to look at it in their mindset. And um, when your mom and my mom were young in that age, at that time, especially coming here, you have to remember, um, because for specifically, for example, back in DR, right? So it was your mom and your dad that came from DR and then moved here. My at- dad first. Your dad first, yeah. Because mm-hmm. you, you were born in Diary Little and then you came yeah. over. For me, it was um my granddad and grandma that decided to come over here when, if I remember, when my mom was little or wasn't born yet. Because if, if I remember correctly, my mom was born here, but then she would live back and forth each. Mm-hmm. So I'm not necessarily the first generation immigrant that faces that like you do in that perspective. Mm-hmm. But I still get some of, I can still see some of that effect coming on to me. Yeah. But you have to think about it from your mom's perspective, and it's that when she was younger, you said she had your sister at how old? 19. Okay. So in in DR, right? Mm -hmm. So at 19 in DR, 
that way of life is different than being 19 with a kid in America. But also, yeah. you have to remember, when you have a kid at 19, you're, you're young, it's a lot to handle, a lot of money and whatnot. And remember, for them, at that time, being in DR, the whole mindset at that time, even still now, for immigrants in general, is... Um, I don't like where I'm at now because this country is poor or we're suffering, et cetera, et cetera. I want a better life. America promises a better life. I'm going to move to America. And at that time, what is the thing to do in America? That we say, go to college, get a degree. And that means you get a well-paying job and you can buy a house and a nice car and, you know, the white gated, have a nice white gate, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So remember in their mindset is, oh, that's what I have to do to succeed. And that's the only way. So um, your mom and dad and my grandma and grandpa, their mindset is enveloping that that's the way, no matter what, how it is. And that's what they grew up with, which they weren't wrong at the time. But a lot of them don't realize now is that now while living here and being more involved in here, things have changed. College doesn't get you those guarantees like it used to. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that they don't realize because, oh, but when I was, um, you know, during my age, that was the way to go. And I know I'm right because that was the way to go. And you're just a kid and you're younger than me. So because I am the adult, I know what I'm talking about. And you don't, regardless if I did research or not, and you did research or not. But because you're younger, I'm not going to give you that same respect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they're going to have that hard-headed mindset. And because of that, whether they realize it or not, and especially from... um. Your dad, in a sense, um, you know, at that time, even still stereotypically, man has to provide for everyone and endure and make sure, you know, his family is fed, his kids are fed, they have a roof over their heads, they have a place to sleep. Well, it's more allowed for females to be more um, emotionally open and talk about their feelings. While men aren't, I'm not saying whether or not your dad doesn't, but there's a lot of Spanish families like that where... The dad doesn't really express stuff and he puts it out through his anger and whatnot. And because of that, you can't really have a genuine conversation with your dad or, you know, oh, my dad never talks about this or whenever that talks or whenever that comes up, he stays quiet. He ignores it or he leaves the room. So I know to never address that with him. So it's hard to be even more open and have a better bond and understand each other. And in that case, that leads to not even talking about those toxic problems because it's like, if every time I talk to my mom or dad about this and it leads to a big argument where they miss the point or they, you know, they get the wrong idea and take it as an insult or dad just stays quiet and leaves or ignores it, how can how am I able to talk with them? I can't sit down and have a communication and get what I want to do if they want to act like that. And because of that, now because of them acting that way, because once again, how they're going to think, oh, that was the way in college, they're going to think, we didn't do that back then, or like for your dad specifically. And I'm speak. I'm going to your dad a little bit more because you and me can relate as being both um, young men mm-hmm. in society now. Your dad could think, oh, back in my day, you know, talking about your emotions as a male and crying stuff made you weak. So I don't do that. Yeah. So because it is that way, I'm going to teach my son that's the way to be a man. And that's what you have to be, whether you like it or not, which isn't necessarily true. It's just, that's just how things were. And once again, they're going to be stuck in that mindset where it's going to be hard for you to have a conversation. And you have to remember, that's not necessarily on you. That's because of all the stuff they went through, your mom and dad. Because don't get me wrong, I'm sure they told you 
stuff and whatnot about their story, but they don't tell you everything because they went to some stuff or maybe something has happened where they didn't like it and they don't want to address it. They're not going to tell you about that and they're going to cover it and they're going to express their emotions through different ways. And you can see like, oh, you're getting anger about stuff when I say some things, but it's not really about me. It's something that you went through that you haven't dealt with and you're taking it out on us. And because of that, which is an unhealthy manner, that creates toxicity because you're not able to express and talk about these things and get through it, which is also why a lot of, um, well, there, I feel like therapy is now getting bigger and bigger, mm-hmm. but you try and talk to your mom and dad about therapy, not saying you're specific, but a lot of parents are going to be like, Oh, that I don't have a problem. That's, that's pussy shit. That's weak shit. Men don't do that. Blah, 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 blah. Because that's not what they were taught to do at the time and also wasn't available. So it's like you have to break that down little by little. But also you have to remember there's times where your mom and dad or aunts, grandparents, whoever, similar to therapy, they're not going to go to therapy unless you can't force someone to go to therapy. It's if they want to. And same thing if someone, if you want your parents to change your mindset and see things the way you do. They're not going to see it unless they want to. You can say whatever, you can show whatever, etc. Unless they want to do it themselves, it won't happen. You can't force it. And I feel like there's times where I understand times, you know, that you're, that's a loved one. You want to help them as much as possible. But you got to remember, at the end of the day, they have to decide if they want the help or not. And you can only do so much. An example I can make, um, I'll make one for someone I knew and one for, with me. I, um... A while ago, there was this girl I was talking to in Harlem. I told you about her. Mm-hmm. But um, we used to talk about college and whatnot. And she wanted to do... Um, she didn't want to do college anymore. She basically wanted to go to um, beauty school and focus on makeup and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But she would tell me, and I know a lot of people relate to this. She was like, oh, I don't even want to go to school. I'm just going to go and get that paper and give it to my mom and dad. Because that's what they want. And then they'll leave me alone. Literally, yeah. Yeah. But I was telling her... You have to remember, though, whether your parents are strict or not, they're not, that's not going to be the last thing. A lot, of, we, a lot of us think that, oh, if I get this paper, they'll leave me alone, they'll let me do what I want, and they won't put pressure on me and won't say nothing. You have to get out of your head because your parents are your parents, and they're always, because they're taking care of you their whole lives, they're always going to say stuff no matter what. And just because you get that piece of paper, that doesn't mean they're going to stop telling you what you should do with your life and what you shouldn't, whether you like it or not. Yeah, there's steps because it's like, for her as an example, right? She wants to go to beauty school, but she's just getting the degree, let's say in psychology, right? Mm -hmm. Let's make up a random thing. I don't even know if that's what she does. But let's say she gets that degree in psychology and she gives it to her parents and like, here, I did the degree in psychology. I'm going to work part time and I'm going to go to beauty school because I want to do that, right? Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to work. Part-time. And then your parents, first thing that they're going to say is like, why don't you want to work full-time? You spent four years trying to do this to not work full-time. And then they're going to want to, especially, I think Spanish parents do this a lot too. Then they're going to be like, well, now you got to pay more rent because you have the tools to get that full-time psychology job. So why don't you go do that? They're going to get mad at you for little things like that. Yeah. When you're still trying to do stuff to make you happy personally. But they are still going to keep putting pressure on you and do things the way that they want you to do them because that's the way they ideally would have done them if the their living situations back then were perfect. Because I get this a lot where my parents were like, oh, 
our school, we lived in like the countryside. We didn't have a car and our school was like seven miles away. So that's why we didn't wait to high school. And in my head, I'm like, I know like 10 people from that town that went to high school. Like, why didn't you? They always have excuses as to why they didn't do things. So they push it off onto you. So it's just like, it's always like, okay, well, you want this, this and this for me. Yeah, you're being a hypocrite because you never did it yourself. So now you want me to do it. And a lot of parents do this. And like the thing that I know as a first generation immigrant that you might not deal with is that my parents throw in my face all the time and my sister's face all the time is they say, they always say this. They're like, we came here for you. We don't even like this country. We want to go back to DR. We came here for you so you guys can have a better better life, better better future. Mm -hmm. And then when I talk about, oh, I'm going to just get a full-time job at like a department store so I could afford a studio apartment and quit school. Anytime, if I bring that up, then it's a problem. And I'm like, you did this for me to come here, right? So if if I'm living fine in a studio apartment and I'm affording it, and I'm living okay, then you did your mission. Like, I'm a productive human. You know, I don't have any drug problems. I'm not doing any bad habits. I'm going to work every day. You know, I'm working hard to achieve my dreams, do other stuff on the side because I don't want to go to school. But then it's still a problem. So it's like, you came here for me to succeed, but I have to succeed the way you want me to succeed. I can't create my own path. Yeah, that's So the it's thing. like you're living a double life. You lived your life already, but now you want to live mine. That's not fair. You can't do that. Because they imply and they're hard on you. And it's the sense where they imply, oh, it's either my way or the highway. If you don't do it this way, like how I was taught, then it must be wrong. Yeah. That's what I think in your head. And you're the not, thing, it must be wrong and you're not going to succeed. Yeah. And the thing is, like, the only way to escape it, which is hard for a lot of kids our age to do, is to move out from your parents' house. Mm-hmm. But that's not easily accessible, as you and I know. We both could have full-time jobs right now, and we could probably barely afford my apartment because living in New York City is not cheap. Mm-hmm. It's very expensive. Yeah, I'm looking at places now, and like even for a studio alone, they go from like fourteen to seventeen hundred a month. Exactly, rent. crazy. Yeah. So even then, like for us to live on our own is really really hard. So mm-hmm. we depend on our parents to give us living until let's say our mid-20s, so that we can be on our own eventually. But the thing is, like, our parents will throw it in our face and be like, well, if you don't do what I want you to do, you got to move out. Yeah. And then it's like, you have a decision to make. It's like, are you going to keep doing something that you don't want to do and be miserable for a little while? Or are you going to, like, take the risk and, like, move out with a friend or a roommate or do something that you don't want to do, to be honest, because people our age don't want to live with like five, six roommates and shit like that. Mm. But just tough it out for a little while. So it's a very hard decision to make. And I understand why people would rather go to college and stay with their parents because, you know, they get like, you stay in a bigger place. You don't have as much responsibility. But in my opinion, people need to normalize more like leaving your parents' house at an early age. Because before, when we were kids, when I mean, when our parents were like our age, it was normal to leave your house at 18, 19. Mm -hmm. Now, people live with their parents up to, like, they're, like, 27, 28 years old. Yeah, but you got to remember, though, especially in New York City, it's expensive. Yeah. So, it's about having the money and the funds. But in my so. opinion, if if parents stop putting so much pressure on their kids to go to college right away, maybe they could get a full-time job, save up, even become maybe, like, a, a store manager of a place to for them to work and try to do what they want to do in life. And that way they can make money. I'm not saying it's going to happen right away. But in a couple of years, they sh- they could manage to turn 
become um they could manage to get enough income to live on their own even if it is in a studio apartment or a one bedroom apartment and stuff like that but you got to give people time i feel like the thing that doesn't happen is you don't have enough time from that age where you're like in high school to go to college right away you don't have yeah. time to make choice because if you think about it it's a, it's all a rush yeah because if you think about it i know i'm thinking about it when i was in high school so immature so immature so it's like i'm making a super mature decision at an age where I'm like not mature enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I remember when I was in high school, what would I do? I would like be disrespectful to some teachers. I would like play video games in class. You remember we got kicked yeah, out of yeah. class a couple times for doing some dumb shit like that. So it's like you really expect a kid who's so immature that he's doing shit like this to make a big ass decision to go to college. And I know it, it varies in more kids. I'm sure there were kids that were a lot more mature than me that they want to go to college. But it's like. The pressure from schools, too, because high schools do this, too. The pressure from schools, parents, everybody all around you at that age, of course you're going to go to college. That's why most people go to college, but the dropout rate for some colleges is huge because they realize two years later when they're more mature that they don't want to do this. No, yeah, and that's where my point with the girl from Harlem was saying, and similar to me, because when I went to college, too, it wasn't necessarily for me. My mindset was, oh, I'm doing it because my mom says I have to do it. Yeah. And that's because you're in your rush and you're just used to being in school. So it's like, at the end of the day, yeah, you're doing it. It's not good that you're doing it for your whoever else because you have to do it for yourself because that's something that that you're going there to learn a career, to do something for, you know, assumingly for the rest of your life mm-hmm. and at the end of the day yeah you're doing it whether for because your parents said so or oh if i give them the paper they'll leave me alone and let me do what i want which isn't true but at the end of the day you're the one that's gonna rack on that debt not them and whatnot it's the same thing how parents will give you examples oh don't hang out with with that kid because he's a bad influence and if you get in trouble and you get arrested that's going on your record and your paper it's the same thing with debt. I'm a lot of people. I'm going to school and college because my mom and dad said so. But at the end of the day, you can't tell them, "Oh, my mom and dad said so." So you can just put the debt on their accounts. No, mm-hmm. that's on you to pay. Yeah. So once again, similar to college, you're gonna feel like it's a waste of time when you went and did something that you didn't want to do, and it was you were only doing it because your mom and dad wanted you it. Because you know why? Because of their mindset. Because back then, it's about working hard and you know making sure everything's covered. Mm-hmm. A lot of parents, whenever you tell them about a job or you're doing this and that, what's the one question they ask that they only care about? Oh, how much are you making? Yeah. Are you making a good amount of money? No. It's cheap. Why are you doing it? They don't. That's their first. Not even do you like it, do enjoy it, which I understand because finance is important. But as long as it's morally right and you're making bread, that's all they care about. Mm -hmm. I can sit here and talk about something that I don't like. And I, whenever they visit me or I come visit, I'm depressed and sad at the time. They'll be there. Oh, why are you sad and depressed? You're making good money. That's all that matters. And it's like, no, that's no. not all that matters. Mental health and physical health is important. There's a lot of people who suffer anxiety and depression because of that in many different ways. And um, it's from toxic behavior like that from your parents. And that was one of the reasons why I decided to leave for college because in my mindset, I was like, you know what? I don't like being here because I felt like if I stayed home with my mom and my sister, because that's what, that's what I lived with, my mom and my sister, 
I feel like I'm not going to be able to be myself and I feel like I'm not going to be independent because you know me, I'm a very, um, what do you call it? I like having my alone time and I like taking my time to do things for myself and think for myself. And it was like, I feel like being in the physical household itself, I'm facing a lot of pressure. It was overbearing, right? Yeah, overbearing, but also you have a lot of their influence going to you. So it's like you're doing things because of them, like with the college, not because of you. So it's like, okay, if I'm going to go to college, at the very least, I'm going to go where I can be independent on my own and literally have my own breathing room and have a place where I can take my time, go at my pace, and do my things how I want to do and learn from there. So that was one of the reasons why I decided to go up there because I was, you know how moms are and dads are. They're going to be on your ass 24-7. And then whenever I visit families and, you know, family gatherings, I would see it too. My grandma and my mom, my grandma would still be on my ass to this day. And I'm like, I didn't like that because in my head, I'm like, my mom is, um, I think she's 52 right now. My mom is in her 50s and her grandma, well, my grandma, her mom is still on her ass and whatnot and grandpa and they do it with the other kids too and they're still on their ass and whatnot and um you know acting that same way at times as if she was younger and i'm like i saw that and i'm like i don't want that i don't want to be older and having my mom on top of me as if i'm this age right now or i'm younger you know yeah so i was like i need to get away from that and now it just popped in my head thinking about it my mom is the oldest out of all the siblings. So I know she was faced with a lot of pressure given to them. And I see that still today because even just a little thing, like the biggest example, there was a lot of times whenever um, whenever it'll be somebody's birthday, holiday, or some celebration thing, mm-hmm. we will always have it at my place. And they will always tell, oh, let's have it at my mom's spot and she'll plan it out and whatnot. And I used to sit there and be like, mom, why do they always have things at your place? And like, you know, at the time we didn't have the biggest apartment. We were in a studio. I'm like, why can't we have it at my aunt's or my uncle's or whoever? And my mom used to complain about that and she wouldn't give me the direct answer. But, you know, you would see and interpret her own and I would see, oh, it's because she's the oldest sibling. And therefore, because they put the most responsibility here when she was younger, she's the most responsible and I seen it from my aunt and uncle. Not saying they're not responsible, but they wouldn't be as responsible as her and handles those things. They would, or, you know, go to her. So I see where that pressure built up, and then I see how that was reflected onto my sister, because my sister was the oldest sibling, and with my mom, it was like, hey, this is how I was raised and what was deemed upon me. So this is the way of life, and it has to go this way, no matter what, because that's how I was raised. And because I didn't get that chance of, you know, getting that pressure relieved and feeling better. Now you have to, you have to um, suffer the same way I did just because I did. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times parents have that mindset. And I feel like a lot of them have to remember like, hey, I understand what you went through sucks. And, you know, you wanted something better. But it's like you can't go back in time and change that. So you're making it worse by implying that onto your kid and the next people because that same trauma and toxicity is just going to keep going because you're not stopping it and putting changes and whatnot. I'm not saying my mom didn't make changes and whatnot, Mm -hmm. but I still see that same stuff with my sister through my mom, through my grandma, 
I'm out looking, you know, without being an argument or whatnot, I still see that similar pattern. So it's like, unless you, it's their ego. You have to get it over your ego that, yes, this didn't happen to you and that sucks, but get over it. You know, you know what I think it is. You can't, sorry to cut you off, but I'll just make, I'll finish my point real quick. You can't, it's not a, at this time when you have a kid, whether they like to hear it or not, it's not about you. It's about your kid, and unless you don't make a change about what what happened to you or change the way you implement behavior into them and how you teach them and you don't do those negatives that your grandparents, that your mom and dad did, and just implement the positive and other things, then it's not going to, it's going to be the same thing over and over again, and the cycle is just going to repeat, and a lot of people don't really understand that, or they do, or maybe other priorities take hold. There's a lot of other factors, but that's the main thing that has to they have to realize that and let go of their ego and not take it to heart. Yeah, you know what I think it is too is they parents, Spanish parents, because that's the only thing I can talk about because that's mm-hmm. what I have. They like to gossip and they'll put a stigma on certain things that shouldn't have a stigma. Like I know there's been plenty of times where like I'll hear parents, Spanish parents, come like talking about another. Spanish parents' kid and be like, oh, he didn't go to college. Like, oh, wow, what a disgrace. Or some shit like that, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, why is that a disgrace? Like, it shouldn't be. You're putting a stigma on something that shouldn't be stigmatized. Like, just because their kid didn't go to college doesn't mean that he's doing stuff that's bad or illegal or he's just a bum that doesn't want to go to school yeah. or he's dumb or anything like that. And then when it comes back on them and their kid drops out two years later, then they feel ashamed, so that's why the resentment comes. Because they also feel resentment, like, damn, you made me look stupid. Because I put all my eggs in this basket, and now I feel like I lost. And the thing is, like, well, if you didn't stigmatize stigmatize it, and you didn't put all your eggs in this basket, the basket being college, or anything similar like that, um, then you wouldn't look stupid like you do now. And I'm saying you look stupid because that's the way that they see it. But they're not looking stupid because not going to college doesn't make the parents look stupid. It doesn't make the parents look irresponsible. It doesn't do any of that. They think it does. Yeah. But it doesn't. But you, um, just to be quick, that's the key factor. How you said that if their kid didn't go to college, they feel shame. So that's where that ego comes from. It's, oh, they didn't go to college. Now that's going to look bad on me. And when people, and when I go talk to my friends and parents and they see my son or kid or or daughter or whoever didn't go to college or my my son is gay and my daughter has a different sexual orientation and many other factors they feel shame because they're going to think they're going to be judged about it and that's where I was going back to my ego thing where it's it's not I understand it gets reflected upon but that's not about you you can't let that get to you you have to let them do what they want and mm-hmm. someone bring it up like you said she was like oh he didn't go to college then that means He's a bum or yeah. he's a delinquent. They think it's either they're wearing a highway. There's always Oh, he's this, not smart enough yeah, to be they in think school. If you're not like a good if you're not a good person, then you must be bad. Yeah. There's like no middle ground. It's exactly. either you're on one side or the other, which that's not how it is. There's a lot of things in between that. Same thing with gender. So oh, you're either a male or a female. No. You have the LGBTQ community and transgender showing you that there is other genders besides that and you can live them on the way and be fine. Yeah. So and that's to, where that, that whole thing stems. And not to like, because my I feel like my, my parents are good parents, right? Like, mm-hmm. I love my parents. Like, when I first started college, my mom, first thing my mom told me was like, I'm not going to put pressure on you. You can pick whatever major you want. You can do whatever you want, which is nice. But like, it's like, 
what if I don't want any of the majors? Because I looked at the major sheet. It was like two pages long. I literally flipped through it and I'm like, I don't give a fuck about any of this. Yeah. But if I go back and tell my mom that, she's either going to be like, fine, you can go to a community school and see if you find a major there that you like. I'm not going to like a major at another community school because, in my opinion, I'm not capable enough to make that decision. How the fuck do I know that I'm going to love, like, being an analyst at 18 mm-hmm. years old? I don't even know what the fuck that is. And even if I do my research and find out what, what it is because it's easy to do that, there's no guarantee that I'm going to like that yeah. 10 years after doing it. They're stuck in that bubble of college. But once you talk about, oh, maybe something outside? No, no, no. Absolutely not. No way. Impossible. Yeah, exactly. Like, there was never pressures on me. To do a specific major. Because I know some kids have it worse. Some kids, you you need to be a lawyer. You need to be a doctor. Yeah. You need to be... My parents didn't put any pressure on me on the, about that. I could have been... Uh, I looked at graphic design and it, I realized it wasn't for me, right? So I stuck with general business. But I could have done graphic design and my parents would have been cool with it. Like, I could have done any, like, arts major and my parents would have been cool with it. As know? long as you had... Maybe a little pushback, but they would have been cool with it. As long... All they cared about. As long as paper. you had that paper yeah. that said... I have a bachelor's degree, whatever. That's all they cared about. Yeah, exactly. So in my head, it's like, okay, well, at least I'm not, when I when I was young, I was like, well, at least I get to pick what I want to do. But it's like, in my head, I'm, now that I'm older, it's like, do you did really? I really have a choice? Yeah. No. At the end of the day, I didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. It's a controlled choice. Yeah. Still. So it, it's like, you get parts of freedom when it comes to your parents. You don't get the full thing. You're not allowed to speak your mind and all this other stuff. And like, Let's say I brought up dropping out to my parents right now at this moment. That'd be such a big discussion and it wouldn't go nowhere. My only choice, probably go to school or get kicked out the house. So yeah. it's like, even to this day, the pressures are still there. And the reason why I advocate for kids moving out at 19, 20 years old early is because, like you said, your mom with the with the birthday parties and planning and all that stuff, how she has all that pressure. That's because they live close to their grandparents, right? Like they're all from New York yeah. City. That's because of that. Because my grandparents, my grandparents got divorced when I was little. So my grandfather lives in DR, but when he comes over here, he doesn't even stay with um, one of his his kids. He stays with somebody else. So they're not that close. And then my grandmother, she doesn't have her paper, so she stays in DR. So my mom only sees her like once or twice a month. So mm-hmm. she doesn't get pressure from my, from my grandma anymore. That pressure is not there because they don't live close to each other. But I guarantee you, my mom moves back to DR and my siblings move back to DR and there's going to be pressure on her to do yeah. certain things. There still is though. Like, they don't get the same, like I said, it's not the same type of pressure that they get but anytime my mom goes to DR and there's something wrong with my grandmother's house which there's infinite problems with that house. Yeah, there's always something. Because it's mad old. The pressure falls on her. She's not even the oldest kid or anything like that but because the oldest kid is not available, the next, the next one down is available and since usually my mom is the one that goes to DR the most, she goes like once a year, but she goes for like a month to two months. It falls on her. So it's like, but they don't see that. They just see that as like, oh, the house needs to get fixed. And they don't see that, that like, as soon as you move over there and you stay with them for a little while, a bunch of pressure falls on me. So imagine you living with that every day. That's what I got to deal with. Yeah. A lot of people have to deal with that. And they, they always have you something to do and. You can go give them a piece of paper. You could go get the highest paying job and have the biggest house, the nicest car, but they're always going to ask more. So it's like, that's what I was saying with, with Simon Harlem checking what you went through, what I went through with college. It's like, you have to sit down and realize them asking you to do these things and forcing you, it's never going to stop. 
But you know, you know, so, you know what really should scare somebody my age mm-hmm. to not to like deal away with the parents' pressure. I was on TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. And I saw this guy and he was talking about how he recently started doing paintings. He's like 55 years old. And he said that his biggest regret in life was not going to art school because his parents wanted him to be something else or something like that. Like, like a, lawyer, a doctor a lawyer. or a lawyer or something like that. And that scared me more than all the pressure combined that my parents have ever put on me. Because yeah. I don't want to wake up and be 55 years old and realize that I got to go to my shitty... Even if I get paid good as a doctor, as a lawyer, realizing that I could have done for 25 years a job that I love and enjoy a yeah. lot more. Because there's a lot of people who think like that, which I was getting to. It's that, oh, okay, uh, my parents want... All right, they're going to think, oh, if I just do this, they'll leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Boom, they do it. Now they want you to do something else. Oh, if I do this, then they'll leave me alone. And then they do that. Next thing you know, they're at the age in their 50s plus and realize I, I spend time most of my life. Making somebody else yeah, happy. Doing what my parents want to do and not what I want to do. And now for those times, I was miserable, sad, depressed, anxious. I was on medications and mm-hmm. all that suffering. And you realize that the root is because of your parents telling you what to do. So that's what I realized in college. And I was like, I'm not, I'm going to, you know, cut this short and do what I want to do and make, be responsible for my own stuff because I know, and I have seen that before, I've seen YouTubers and and online and social media of that same thing where people are like, I have degrees in this, this, and this because my parents told me I have to do that and they don't I'm not doing field. that now yeah. and I feel I'm more happy than I've ever been in like 20 years and whatnot. So I was like, I'm going to cut this off because I know if I let my mom, my grandparents, family, if I let them imbue that on me, mm-hmm. they're never going to stop. They're Wait. never going to think I'm good enough and that I've done enough. They're always going to want more. And until I put a stop to it, I'm never going to be really happy and be able to go and get to where I want to get to. Yeah, And the, the other side to that coin is, let's say you become a doctor, right? And you do, you get the big house, you get a car, and let's say you have $10 million saved in your in your bank account, right? or in investments or whatever you want to save it at. And then you sit down with your parents and you're like, I don't want to be a doctor anymore. You know, I got money saved up. I could stay like this for, I could pretty much retire. I'm 55. I just want to do focus on this, right? They're still going to give you pushback. Even though you, you did what you were supposed to do, you followed the plan, you have more money than you could need to, to, um, to be successful in other things. They're still going to give you pushback. The first thing that they're going to say is, well, well, can't you do both? Can't you like be a doctor and do the other thing on the side? Or isn't that just a hobby and stuff like that? Or what are you going to do? You're not going to be able to keep up your lifestyle with your two nice cars and and your big house doing this. And then as soon as you tell them, oh, I'll just buy a smaller house. And they're like, but why would you want to do that? Yeah, it's not going to stop. Because for some reason, for our parents, monetary value trumps everything. Yeah. And for also, a lot of people, especially with finances, because there's a lot of I guarantee you, I have some family members that if I was making really, really good money, like 100, 200, 300 K a month, a lot of them will act a certain different way to me and approach me in a different way, in a way that they weren't before because of money itself. And I will cut them off because you were never acted like this before. Why are you acting so different now? Because I have money because, you know, what you did to me. And how you treated me was shit and toxic. And now you're trying to act all nice and stuff because I have this bread. 
they can influence you. I can't say the same thing for me because at least for my family, I'm really close with them. My mm-hmm. uncles, but only from my, my mom's side. I'm mm-hmm. only close to the family from my mom's side. We all grew up in the yard together. Like all of the siblings from my mom's side, they were all born in DR, my cousins. <clears throat> There's like seven of us. And we're really close. Like I go see them like at least like once a month or once every two months. So we're really, really close. But I could see that happening with like my dad's side of the family. Like, no, I rarely see them. And then if I start making bread, then they might come to me for some of the things, some things and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that's going to happen guaranteed because I don't think it would. But like even like the thing is like just because I'm making more money doesn't even if they don't ask for money or start acting different. But if you come to me when I'm making, let's say, 100K a month, I'm making one point two million dollars a year. If you come to me and you say. Like, oh, I'm proud of you. You're making good money. I'm proud of you. I'm not going to like that. Yeah, because that- why didn't you come to me when I was broke right now trying to make the things that I'm trying to make happen? Like, why didn't you come to me and be like, I'm proud that you dropped out of college and went to and went to follow your dream? No, it's once I start making money that you're like, oh, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Why didn't you support my dreams before the money came in? That's that's the thing I don't like about that saying those words. I'm proud of you because... How I see it, it's, oh, you're happy because I did something that, that you liked and you wanted. And you're like, you're now happy to to be accept me as your kid, as your blood, then instead of me wanting to do my own thing. Yeah, because... It, it went to that similar more story, I mean, lesson of Encanto. It's like a lot of those people is that unless you, you're responsible and you get your stuff done, then you're worthless to the family. You're not... Of value, you're not someone to be proud of. Yeah, because you weren't proud of me when I dropped out of school, and you were probably judging me and criticizing me and saying all this shit to then just backtrack like yeah, two and three years later. Three sixty, switch it up. Yeah, when I'm doing that, like that's so fake. How are yeah. you doing that straight to my face? And the thing is, like people do this a lot, and what you're expected to do as their family member is just be okay with it and be like, "Oh, thank you, thank I've been working hard." No. Yeah, like no. You're supposed to tell them why weren't you proud of me two years ago. When I, let's say you wanted to open a retail store, when I was opening the retail store and working nine to five every day and I offered you a minimum wage job, but you didn't take it. Now that I'm making money and I'm offering the person who took the minimum wage job a hundred K a year. Now you want to be in that position because family would do that too. They'd and now like, you want to Let start... me get that job. And it's like, no, you didn't want it before. Why do you want it now? And now you, because I, you've seen that I made it work. Now you want to start kissing my ass all of a sudden. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it doesn't work like that. If you can't support me now. At the bottom, when yeah. I'm trying to make things work, you can't support me at the top. Don't be proud of someone because they have money. Like, yeah. Money means nothing. Be proud because they are your kid or they are your family yes. member. You know, that's be, the thing that people don't say being proud of. Yes. And that's the negative aspect. Because- and, and like I said, I'm not trying to shit on my parents or nothing like that because I hear it all the time from my mom. Like she'll tell me like, oh, I'm proud of you because you're a good kid. Like even... When I was having bad grades, like I heard overheard her over the phone and it warmed my heart because she was like, yeah, he didn't get good grades this semester. And I yelled at him and it got pretty intense. But she said something like, I'm still proud of him because he's a good kid. Mm-hmm. Like that touches me. And I like that. I'm proud of that. I'm proud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that she's still proud of me, even when I'm doing things that don't necessarily line up with her. And she understands like my at least when it comes from my mom, she has a level of understanding where it's like. Oh, she understands that, like, even though I'm not 100% on agenda as to what she wants me to do, I still try my best and I'm not disrespectful to her and she appreciates that. So that's why I can appreciate her 
even when we argue and I try to listen to her points as much as I can when I feel like maybe I'm the one that needs to agree, you know? I try to meet her halfway. Yeah, I'm you not try to, to understand her side. Yeah, because I'm not trying to shit on my parents all of a sudden. Too no, no, either. no, that, that's but, not shitting on them. You're, but you're it's a critique. pressure that, that they don't know that they put on people yeah. that needs to be addressed. That's what I'm saying. It's not shitting on them because that's what they're going to think. But Yeah, because you're I just... guarantee you, you make... My parents don't talk English, but if they did, if this was in Spanish, or if you show this to your mom or anybody else, she's not going to relate to it. She's going to be like, damn, you went on your podcast to yeah, badmouth me and stuff yeah, like that. But it's like... talking shit, we're blah, not, blah, blah. We're not, not doing that. We're, we're just doing. explaining what we go through and what happens and the way that it makes us feel, which I know it's not normal to you guys because, you know, about they don't talk about their feelings like that. But people need an outlet for them to understand. And right. I hope that if people see this video, that they'll understand that, like, it doesn't just happen to them. It happens to everybody. A lot of people need to understand. And I know maybe some people hear this, hear this and be like, oh, why do they talk about their parents like that on social media? Like, we're not doing this because... We, we we hate our family members when we're doing this because we love them and we're just critiquing stuff that they have done that yeah. has affected us in a negative way. It's the same thing when you love a game or a movie or something. You critique it because you point out the flaws and what to fix and what to work on. You do that because you love it and you have a passion for it. Exactly. Same and thing people... with the pod. I go home and I edit and I look to see what we did wrong and I tell you, Sandy, hey, we did this and this wrong. We should work on it and whatnot. Yeah, but exactly. um, so it's about to be. It's a, we're already at an hour and five minutes, mm-hmm. and I know we got to cut off soon. But my last question was gonna be um, so you um, for what you said earlier, you were able to see those things for your mom, and she that she would be proud of you and whatnot, and you would talk to her and see things from her side. You know, try to have the best discussion possible. Yeah. Now the way your mom acts with you, because you and me are both in the position of being the younger sibling. Mm-hmm. What in what ways do you see your mom act similar to your sister or different to your sister? Because, because like I mentioned before, we both have older sisters, mm-hmm. and because they're older, they face more pressure, more responsibility that we as younger siblings probably aren't able to see because they just don't show it to us. Yeah, maybe I think so. I think maybe because my mom will still say that she's proud of my sister and stuff like that. She finished school and other other stuff, but. The way that she compliments us and why she's proud of us is different. Mm. Like, she'll be proud of me not because I went to school or not because I'm trying to finish college or whatever. She's proud of me because I'm always respectful and I try to be honest with her and um, and just be a good person all around. And my sister, she has a mouth on her, so she'll talk back a lot of the time. So she says that the way she's proud of my sister is because she's become, a, like, a strong woman. Like... She's independent. She's nice. She's she's giving. She's like, anytime my mom needs anything, my sister will be there for her. So it's like a shoulder to lean on. And that's the way she's proud of her. She's proud of like the way that like my sister just takes charge. So the compliments are very different. So it's like, I see the pressures too because my compliment is nice. Like, oh, you're just proud of me because I'm a good person. That's cool. You're proud of my sister because she's a shoulder to lean on. That's, pres- that's more pressure on her now. Because mm-hmm. like anytime that you need a shoulder to lean on, but my sister can't provide it, you might not like that and disagree with that. Or like... So it's like, yes, you're proud of her and you're giving her a compliment, but like that compliment is just adding more... Might be adding more pressure onto her. Yeah, or like if she's used to relying on her for something and then she can't, but you're available and you're willing, she'll still say, oh no, I want your sister to do it. I'll I'll wait for your sister and whatnot. Yeah, maybe. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or like it goes both ways too because like let's say my sister can't do something so she'll come to me, but then I can't do it. Then she'll be like, 
oh, your sister would have done it for me if she was, because our sister doesn't live with us anymore if she was living here and stuff like that. So it's like, there's still, even when they say they're proud of you and other, other stuff, I can see how like, that still comes with pressure. Yeah, you're still like, hmm. Because even if you're like, let's say I go to college, I finish, I get a degree, I make $120,000 a year, I have a nice house, right? Even if my mom goes up to me and says, I'm proud of you, keep up the good work. But then at that time, she doesn't know that I hate my job and I'm about to quit. Yeah. Just because she said, I'm proud of you, keep working hard. I might stay in that job. Yeah. So it's like, they don't, the first ask question that you should ask somebody is, are you happy with that? Instead of, oh, I'm just proud of you. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing good. Because yeah. that puts pressure on people. And I'm not saying we're like super sensitive where like we can't take a compliment. Like it's not that. Because I know a lot of people would be like, well, if you can't handle the pressure, then don't have Spanish parents. They'll make a joke and stuff like shit like that, right? But it's like, no, like we can handle the pressure just fine. We've been handling it for years and we just don't want to keep doing it for the rest of our lives. Yeah, there's always... Or, or it's just the outlet for us to talk about it too. It's good to handle... It's good to have pressure. You need it sometimes to like push you to do things, but... There's only, there's a limit to how much one can take to where it affects them negatively. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's fine that they put pressure on us because they want us to do better in life, but don't overdo it. Don't mm-hmm. put so much pressure that we feel like our lives aren't even our lives anymore. We're not doing it for us. No, yeah. Don't go overboard. Mm-hmm. So that's the main takeaway from it, in my no, opinion. Because yeah. I know plenty of people are going to be like, well, I had that pressure and I, you know, um... And I've been working at this job for 25 years. I'm still happy. That's for you. That worked for you. That's not going to work for everybody that has that same kind of pressure. Yeah. So it's like, yes, the pressure is good. We all like pressure at one point. You know, when I have a paper due, I'm a procrastinator. So I like being under pressure to get that to get that paper done at the last minute. That's fine. But I don't want it overbearing pressure, you know? No, yeah, I feel you. That's but yeah, I, mean. um, I think we got to the... I think we made our points clear and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. and so right now we're ten. I know you gotta work, so we'll call it from there. All right. That was um episode twelve, the Mind After Midnight podcast. If you guys like this, you can follow the podcast account on Instagram and TikTok at Mind After Midnight underscore, where we will soon work on post more clips and let you know when episodes come out. So, follow those pages to stay notified. And on the link tree, we have um. The, where you can listen to the podcast, the links and everything, share it to a friend. Definitely post more on there. Ysandy, um, where can they follow you? You can follow me at Ysandy15 on Instagram and Ysandy007 on TikTok. Where can they follow you, my guy? You can follow me on TikTok and IG at Southpaws underscore Credence, C-R-E-D-A-N-C-E. And yeah, that's going to be it for this week's. We'll stay tuned for next week's episode. It'll be an interesting one. We're out. All right, take care.